It's time for a new evolution in raising golfers, one that doesn't involve headaches, tears, or heading down the path of unknown. Whether you're trying to introduce children to the game of golf, help them play competitively, or play at a collegiate level, you're in the right place. This show is for any parent, player, or coach who wants to build a better team at home and on the golf course. This is the Raising Golfers Podcast. Hey everyone, hope you're doing well, having a great week. This week, I've got our fantastic guest, Neil Plimmer, coming back on the podcast, and he and I are going to do a discussion. He's so kind to actually be joining us for a few more of these discussion topic episodes, and today we're going to be digging deep into the topic of winning. If there's no winning or losing, if it's not good or bad, if we all win, and we're all winning at life. Golf's a sport, it's a pastime, it's an enjoyable outside experience so in that respect we are all winning and if we're not winning we're learning and if we're learning we're winning so we all win and we're going to talk everything winning when we think it should happen when it's important and how we as adults value winning and how children actually value winning so i'm really looking forward to this conversation with neil i know we're going to have a lot of things to talk about and i know this is gonna be a very valuable episode for you all to listen to Neil, we are going to have a very interesting conversation today about winning, and I think it's going to be a very interesting conversation, and I'm very interested to hear what you have to say. I know some of the things that I want to touch on and talk about, but in your blog on the Joff blog, you kind of set this tone, and you wrote an an article about winning. So basically what you said was, winning is often linked with competition and who comes first, which is true. And for sure, I think we can understand that winning is important. And it's especially important to those people like, for example, adults or you said elite players or those who invest a lot of time and money into their goals. But I think everyone does have a different perception and a different experience of what winning is. And they also have different viewpoints. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Yes. Thank you for inviting me back, firstly. Um, Of course. I think this... It's a real marker in time to be able to consider one subject, so like winning or whatever the case may be. Um, and it's been interesting in our conversations up to this point just to think about it. So being able to review and reflect on one's own viewpoint, because I do wonder, actually, as far as winning's concerned, whether people just have a view and that's it. You know, winning's a life skill. Children have got to learn it early um, without actually reflecting or thinking about what it means. Um, right. So for me, my thoughts on winning changes, even as I said to you earlier on this morning, as I was sharing (laughs) the idea of this uh, podcast with somebody, it changed again. And I'll I'll share it to start with and we might loop back to it. So if there's no winning or losing, if it's not good or bad, if we all win and we're all winning at life, golf's a sport, it's a pastime, it's an enjoyable outside experience so in that respect we are all winning and if we're not winning we're learning and if we're learning we're winning so we all win well what did you think about winning though before this morning what what you said like what was your take on winning itself as a whole i i i often have a negative connotation against winning because of how i've seen adults behave around children and that's i think probably one of my biggest issues personally that it's winning is imposed on children 
Um, you know, again, people will always say children are always competitive by nature. Are they? I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I don't necessarily believe that to be true, because if we look at play and if we look at the beauty and the naturalness of play, is there any winning in play or is it taking part, engagement, enjoyment, love? So the problem I have with winning is often the fact that it's set the parameters of it are set by adults and imposed on children. And, and again, maybe from my frame, when I say children, I mean, say, aged four to 11, just getting started in the sport of golf. That tends to be our, the genre that I work with. Right. You know, actually, I had this thought last night about play and about winning. And I know that sports and competition is different. But I was watching my oldest son. He was playing with his just his cars in the ground. And I was just thinking to myself, I was like, he's doing exactly what he wants to do with those cars. He's playing with them exactly how he wants to. And he doesn't even understand the concept of what winning or losing is. And he's just surely trying to be creative and enjoying himself. And he has a task and he has a goal that he set on his own. I don't know exactly what it is, but he clearly does. And winning or losing isn't important to him. Now, I know he's only three years old. But it, it kind of made me think about what we've talked about or what we're going to talk about as well today with winning and sure, some parts of play as well. But it was just a perspective I took. And I, I've never actually thought about that before until I was looking at him last night playing with cars. And, and I think it's when we when we observe play and when you see play in its natural way, you can see how probably with children, winning is not the be all and end all, but maybe it's not just ju not just the taking part either. The, the, there's so many different facets to it. And I think that's what fascinates me about it. And that's where, you know, coming to the conclusion this morning that if we're not winning, we're learning. And if we're learning, we're always winning. Then mm. that's a nice, it's a nice loop that for me, I think works. I'm also conscious that it might just cement my own belief and I might be wrong. I'm happy to be wrong. I'm always happy to prove that if I've got this hypothesis of or this idea of winning, that it may well be wrong. Because um, if right. we're talking about children and children getting started in a game or a pastime, then it's going to look different to, like we said, an elite level athlete who has in invested all of their time and all of their resources and their whole life into winning a gold medal. But uh, I, I think, as I shared before, I'm also reminded of a story where... And I don't know who, and I can't remember who, but the point of the story I think works well is that that elite athlete who finished fourth uh, and missed out on a bronze medal by point something of a second and was interviewed by a journalist afterwards. And, you know, he was smiling and he was beaming and he was ecstatic. And they said, why are you so happy? Because you'd lost, you, you, you know, you didn't get the bronze medal. You, you've turned up to the World Championship or the Olympics and, 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 and haven't won. Well, I beat my PB. I've achieved my PB at the highest level. That's what I wanted to be able to do. So I've achieved my goals. So I suspect that's also where winning is different for everybody. For sure. And I think that kind of aligns like with what's more important, winning or embracing the process. So if you take that to golf, let's just say for an elite level, you might have a guy who just qualified to now play on the web.com. And in the same tournament, you had a guy who actually won it. Yeah. Well, they're both going to be ec ecstatic. Now, the guy who just got on the web.com, he didn't win the tournament, but it's part of the process maybe for him to move to the next step, to the next stage. And it's similar to that guy you talked about running that got fourth place. Well, he had his PB. He didn't get a, he didn't get a medal, 
but he was able to achieve a goal of his own. And for him, that felt good. And maybe that's a different type of winning. Yeah. So, so, so I think in, in, in bringing quite a number of my thoughts together to this, I suppose I've come to the conclusion that winning will look different for everybody. And winning doesn't have to be all about the outcome. So again, in my chat this morning around, you know, trying to externalize my thoughts with a colleague of mine, winning might be, take, for example, a, a session, a, a coaching session or a, a playing session or whatever it is. The win for the child might be making new friends. The win for the child might be trying something that they've never done before. The win for the child might be playing six holes when they've only ever been able to play three. So when winning is always about maybe the score or the outcome uh, or where we are in relation to another person, again, that can be perceived as good and bad, whereas there's probably winning all around for us if we just look at it in that way. And again, that was a moment this morning where I thought, ah, okay, I see winning as often negative from an outcome and from an adult imposed way, but how could we see winning as positive? No, I like that. I I totally agree with that. That's for sure. I mean, if I can give my take on winning, the start of it is going to maybe contradict some of the things that we're talking about today, because personally, I love to win. (laughs) I'm highly competitive and I like to win at things. And I look back to sports I played as a child. And although I think I had great coaches, I think about what was maybe imposed on me or me and my teammates was that we were trained from a very young age to win and winning was basically everything. And I enjoyed most of the sports that I played, except for I would say baseball came to a level for me where I wasn't able to play anymore because the pressure from the coaching was so heavy on winning that I actually quit the sport. And ironically, I took up golf even more. But what I will say, and some of what you just said, is that I think that winning is important But I think there's a time and a place for it. Like you said, adults, maybe elite level players. And when I look at young developmental players or young children, and I think about my own children, when I see them happy and I see them smiling and laughing, like I can honestly say now as a parent that that is the joy that I like to see and the joy I like to feel from my kids. Now, right now, my oldest is three years old. I've mentioned that many times. For him just to go outside and kick the soccer ball and run around and he creates his own activity, he is loving it. There's no win, winning, there's no losing, but there is a sense of play and enjoyment. So I, I just thought that was interesting because, I again, I think that winning is important. But again, I'm going to say this time and time again, I think there's a place and a time for it. And I would say us as adults are guilty of imposing that on children too early. Yeah, and I, and I just wonder if, you know, one of the, we talked about action of actions at the end of this, and it will certainly be the case for me, is that maybe when we look at children in front of us, our own children and or the children that we maybe coach, the question that we maybe ask ourselves is what does winning look like and feel like to them? And maybe we have to ask them. Well, you know what? I'm going to touch on that for a second because I went and did some research Not as much research as this person did, but I found an article and I'll share it in the show notes. And basically it talked to a variety of kids and it asked them what was most important about playing sports and more importantly, how they ranked fun. Basically, there was 
I think the kids came up with like over 80 different ways of having fun and they then they ranked them. Yep. Right? And where do you think winning came in the 80 things that they said of what they considered having fun? Yeah, it wasn't very high up there, was it? No, it wasn't very high up there. And surprisingly, even further down the list after that was playing in tournaments. Yeah, but interesting, with that, with that research, it was interesting the amount of different ways that the children described fun and what was fun. I thought, I looked at that and I thought, wow, that is a lot, 80 or however many it was, is a lot of reasons, isn't it? So whereas with adults, I'm thinking maybe with football, I know you call it soccer, but with football, the parents on the sideline, score it, kick it. And and their focus is always around the score, the outcome. And actually, let's say that that group of 22 children, they might have 80 plus reasons of what they enjoy about it. And the only reason that the adults maybe can think of is the score and winning. I'm not saying it's the only one, but that would be. For sure. I agree. And um, I'll just mention the the dead last one, which I think is funny because we're all guilty of this as parents. Dead last was getting pictures taken. Kids must hate that, I guess, you know. (laughs) But, you know, I look at the top five and I think golf, we can take advantage of what those things are that kids said top five. So number one was trying your best. If kids felt if they were trying their best, they were having fun. Uh, Another one was just kind of a sense of respect from the coach and the players. And then the third one, which I think is so good for us in the game of golf, was getting playing time. Because you got other sports, you got soccer, baseball, basketball. And you know, there's kids sitting out on the sidelines, right? They're not participating. So for them just to have a sense to be able to participate and in golf, the way that golf is, is designed, everyone participates, everyone plays. So if we think about that, then we need to, as adults, be taking advantage of what kids consider as fun and utilize that here in the game of golf. What do you think? Couldn't agree more. Trying one's best, being better, best at being better. So we often, I think like I've described to you before, Travis, with some of our schoolwork, we'll often introduce scoring. You know, scoring will be inextricably linked with winning, if you like. And so... We'll say to children, you know, does anybody know what's unusual about scoring in golf? And for a lot of children, no. So the lowest score wins. Now, that's, again, in sports, quite unusual. So golf, we practice and practice and practice hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of work to take the fewest amount of goes. That would be hits for American English. Hits, strikes, um, touches. I mean, there's, there's lots of different ways of describing it. But then as a frame of reference, we will then say to the children... It's not about who wins during the session that we're delivering. It's about who's the best at getting better. So placing the emphasis back on them. It would be very easy for me to say, right, now go and play. Lowest score wins. Let's see who's the best. Now, I, when I think, and I've not really thought about it like this, when I think I could very easily frame it like that, and I may do actually just as a test. So I could frame it as, Right, the lowest score wins. Let's go and see who's the best. It sends shivers down my spine because I think to myself, then, if I've got a class of 30 children, there are going to be quite a large percentage, I believe, that would probably disengage from that activity straight away because that's not what they want to do. Mm. Now, I don't think that any or a small minority will disengage if we say to them, right, 
go and be your best self. Go and be the best at being better. Yeah, I think I, I, I like that. I, I'm going to I'm going to ponder on that. I'm going to ponder on that because I'd love to test it with a group of children. Say, right now, I want to see me, the adult. I want to see who's the best and how they would behave and how they would react and would it affect engagement and. That would be an experiment. It doesn't sound very ethical, but it would be an experiment. <laughs> no, certainly. W- w- let's talk about the pros and cons of winning because there are pros and obviously we're addressing some of the cons, but just as a whole, what are some of the good things that you think children get from winning? You said it earlier on, didn't you? You know, you, Your being and your enjoyment of sport has come from being competitive. And I can I can sense that children would enjoy being competitive and winning if it's on their terms. So if it's by their choice. So let's think of the pros. So if children are given options, different options and a choice of ways they can compete. And then therefore winning and losing or winning and learning, as we described earlier on, is on their terms. Right. Then that could be a that could be a real positive, couldn't it? As opposed to it being imposed by the adults involved. Do you think there's any pros of winning based on just results and score? There must be. You know, I think it would be wrong of me to say that there isn't. There must be. So for some children, some of the time, it's got to be a good thing. But it can't be a good thing for all children all of the time. And this is where I think I get slightly perplexed or annoyed when people say things that are to all children all of the time. All children love to compete. I I, I vehemently disagree. That cannot be true. All children want to win. All children want to win. Really? Do they? Is that true? What what are you basing that on? Now, I I suppose we're saying some of the children, some some of the time, what are we basing that on? We're basing it on the fact that there'd probably be a, quite a, a percentage of children that just don't want to compete, are happy participating. But it can't be black and white, can it? I'll be, I've, I've, been putting a, I've been putting some uh, some words together for a blog this week. Um, it talks about coaching, teaching, learning, being very grey. There is no black, there is no white. So again, I, I would probably lump winning and competing into that. There's lots of different shades of grey. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, at least from a results of winning or results-based winning, you know, there is a sense of confidence building that kids will get. They might feel a sense of worth or value to maybe their teammates or who knows who they feel that for. Probably a lot of times their parents. Possibly. 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 I did I did I did think to myself, one of the notes that I did make is that so if we've got winning at golf um mm. and winning at sports, but we don't very often see winning at maths or winning at English or winning at science. And so I wondered if if you look at the sort of the, the school network, if school was set up, you know, the World Championship of Maths and the World mm. Championship of English. And when you put it into that terms, it suddenly then doesn't make any sense. It's true. Because a lot of the things that I try, I a lot of the things when we're talking about golf and children, I then think to myself, well, what would a primary school teach? I don't know if for the States, but primary school would be, again, 4 to 11. Um, what would a primary school teacher say? What would a primary school child do? What would it look like? Then I'm not saying that's right, but, you know, education, the underpinning principles, the research, the evidence. And the, I often think, well, 
is the world, a world champion under under six world champion of English, maths, science? No. So why not? Mm, be a lot of reasons, but but there can be, and there is at golf. You know what's interesting about schools and education as well? I think school systems around the world are very different from one another. And one of them that came to mind when I was thinking about this topic as well was what the kids in Japan do. Apparently, they don't take any exams or tests until they're like seven, eight, nine years old. And I think the focus for them is basically to focus on like values. So what I mean by that is I think they focus more on being generous, compassionate, empathetic towards their classmates. I think they also show respect to the school. So they do a lot of cleaning, a lot of teamwork. And it's not so heavily focused on results of examinations at that age. And so if you take that back to golf, then it's like, okay, so golf teaches so many things outside just the sport itself and outside the results. So if us adults can try to put those types of values on the kids while letting them play, letting them be curious, letting them explore, I feel like that would lead them into the next step if they wanted to take that, where you talk about golfers, golfers, and players. So that would lead them more into a golfer or into a player because they've basically found out that this is something that they enjoy they already understand the values that they get out of the game of golf. They've learned those. It has nothing to do with results. It has to do more with play, experimenting, like I mentioned. And then they start to realize, okay, this is a game where I need to get the ball from A to B in the least amount of strokes. I think I want to do that. And then they can transition into that next step. Instead of, like you said, imposing that on them so early, get the ball from A to B in the least amount of strokes, and you need to do it better than everybody else, and you win. That could be the end of the podcast. <laughs> okay, well, we'll just cut it out there. <laughs> but the value, you know, if, 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 okay, the values of winning. So maybe we replace the word winning, the values of golf, the values of play. But the key word there is values. And, you know, mm. we spoke a lot. I've listened to a number of your podcasts. I've spoken to a lot of people through lockdown. And those people whose values shine through. So, for example, I think one of the people who's been on your podcast and her values shine through wherever she speaks, where, you know, Kate Tempesta, you, we know what her values are and it's authentic and it's genuine. And yeah. So, so maybe if we're going to start with the title of winning, what are the values of winning that we want children to experience, feel, understand? What do you think they could be? Your list of empathy to others, your list of trying hard, putting in effort, um, reflection, review, criticalness. There's a good start, isn't it? It is. I agree. Well, so could you think of something for a parent listening to our discussion here about winning? What do you think a parent could do to try to help in those areas outside of the coaching sessions the kids have, if they even have them? What could a parent do to help in that area? Play alongside and model those good values what you're saying is that yeah i agree what you're saying is basically the kids it's like monkey see monkey do so kids sees parent who kids always idolize their parents they are showing those values on the golf course 
And over time, the kid will understand that this is what's important. This is what I need to do. And maybe talk about it, share experiences, good values versus maybe not so good values. Say, one of one of the things I wrote in our notes was cheating. So so around winning will come rules, and I've got a I've got a belief that children do not cheat. Um, so what I mean by that is that children don't cheat because, and they will only cheat when we impose rules on them. But even then, and and I can't remember the research, and I have to go back and find this, but. I'm sure that I've heard somewhere that the origin of cheating was fun and play and games because it's our own way and finding our own way of playing the game. Now, yes, there is going to become a time where we play the game of golf and we will have boundaries of rules and scoring. But again, if we come back to and predominantly the children that we spend time with, 4 to 11, just getting started in the game, participating, they can't cheat. So people will, children will come up to me in a school session and say, so-and-so cheated. And my answer to that is, no, they didn't. They can't cheat because we've not given you any rules. <laughs> and so they, the children often look at me blankly, nod. Oh, okay, that sounds plausible. And then they carry on and play. And then that's the discussion over. So why do you think kids cheat then? I think because they're trying to find a way to complete the task in the best way that they know how. I think they're trying to... Um, involve themselves socially I think there's a lot of other reasons to just break in the rules they may well but mm. you know what do they say about those outliers those outliers that fight, want to break the rules to find new and innovative ways to to do something that would just look normal but it, but again it, I, I bring up the example of cheating because I think cheating scoring winning it all sort of comes in the same area and and if mm-hmm. we have our values so come back to the idea of cheating children can't cheat because we've not imposed any rules on them why have we not imposed any rules on them well because we're still at the stage of play and play is free and play is creative and we just we just exploring sending the ball from a to b then everyone nods and goes oh, okay because we've got that value so here's something to think about with what you just said there in sweden they have this new regulation that came a couple of years ago for all youth sports where the kids, if they compete in a tournament or some type of competition up until the age of 11, the result is not tracked. So at the end of the season, there's no winner, there's no loser. Yeah. And if you think about that with golf, how many kids do you think are actually cheating in that tournament or event of kids under age 11 when they're playing? And how many issues do you think that they have now over cheating? I don't know the answer, but what do you think? It depends where we frame cheating, isn't it? So so cheating in relation to golf might be hitting the sand in the bunker before you've hit the shot. Mm, that's true. No, that's a good point. Now, I would encourage that. So during mm. our sessions, playing sessions, I encourage them to hit the sand because I want them to feel the sand, you know, touch the sand, get a feel for it before they hit the shot because I then, I then see that children hit better shots because of it, because they've got the feel of the sand. But... I'll often say there's a footnote there that if you were to play in a competition, there are rules that mean you can't touch the sand. Mm-hmm. Um, is that cheating? It's not. No, it's just we've we've imposed not imposed. We've sort of suggested a slightly different way of doing things with diff- because of the values that we have. So maybe I should reframe that based on what the kids know 
and the knowledge that they have of what the rules are, yeah, how many kids would most likely try to cheat in an event where score and results aren't tracked and don't matter for anything at the end of the season? I mean, I would probably guess none of them. Yeah. Because there's no reason to do it. No, they're just playing. Yeah, exactly. They're just playing, right? They're just playing and they know they have to get the ball in the hole and the least amount of hits. They do know that. But there's no, like you talked about, like the social aspect of cheating. Why kids cheat? They want to feel some type of worth. They want to, they want their peers to look up to them. Whatever the long list of reasons kids cheat for, there's no reason for them to do that. So uh, I've actually got an episode with a guy from Sweden, a golf coach. And so I'm going to dig more into that and see what he has to say and curious to know what's changed over the last, let's say 10 years of junior golf since those changes happened. I don't know, but I'm just trying to put it together in my head. I think as we, as we, as this discussion opens up and I knew it would be, it's like opening a Pandora's box, isn't it? You know, start with (laughs) with some thoughts and there's, there's lots of moments of silence where you think, "Mm -hmm." you know, I think we can only ever view it maybe through our own experiences and through our own lens. Obviously Mm -hmm. research will suggest X, Y, Z. Um, but I suppose that then brings us back neatly to the fact that, well, winning's going to look different for everybody. And so I still think that, you know, the child in front of me, what is winning going to look like for them? I mean, I take my two children, James plays cricket, and sometimes he surprises me with his competitiveness and, you know, the, the the way he behaves it's not it's not doesn't go across the line but the way he behaves when they win or when they get someone out or they take a wicket or he does well it's it's really interesting his competitiveness and then with so my older daughter i'd say le- looks less competitive but i think still enjoys the winning aspect of it. i mean james is 10 so he's 15 so they're moving into a slightly different stage of their life but again that that also then leads me to being really careful as a parent, as much as I am as a coach, to not impose my view of the world or my thoughts onto them. They've got to find that out for themselves. Well, I just think it may, maybe another actionable tip at the end would be let children find out what winning means to them. I was just going to say that. I, I think as a parent, if your kid comes back and they say, and they start talking about winning or losing, and you've never really imposed that on them, ask them why you think that winning is so important. Why do they think that winning is important? It's something that they have to do. And you don't have to even respond as a parent, but at least hear them out. Yes. And at least you have a better understanding of why they're upset when they lose, why they're excited when they win, why are they trying to win? And there's no right or wrong, but I think understanding what is going through your child's head about winning or competition. And if you, again, if you haven't imposed that on them, well, they've learned it from somewhere and they have a reason why they think it's important, but I think it's important to understand as a parent why it's important to them. Yeah. And maybe question our own values around winning. That's definitely one of the things that are, are, you know, as we've spoke, you know, what are my values around winning or scoring or rules? Because that's the game. And again, I've got a very clear, for me, I've got a very clear sort of line between playing golf and playing the game of golf and I think a lot of our work is is sort of setting the playing golf where there are few rules and few boundaries and so therefore winning doesn't necessarily winning or losing doesn't necessarily come up but I can sort of see that if you are across the other side of the line where you're spending more time in playing the game of golf where there is going to be scoring and there is going to be competition 
then winning will come up. And I suppose then as a coach or as a player or as a parent, you've then got to find what are our values around winning? What's important to us? And again, maybe another actionable tip is that if you're a coach or a player or a parent, what are those values? Yeah, I think it's hard as adults, both like you've said, adults, coaches and parents to kind of stay on track with what you actually say you believe. So we all say, oh, I just want my kid to have fun. Yes. But by the way, they're playing in the U.S. Kids Tournament on Saturday, and I hope they win. Yes. Right? They don't say that out loud. Or we, as parents, we don't say that out loud. But that's certainly something that we're thinking, right? But if you keep thinking about, okay, I just want them to have fun. All right. So what is it we have to do to keep our child in whatever sport it is? We love golf. So keep them in golf for as long as possible. And like you've talked about with rules, I think we could talk about with winning is that the conversation of winning or the importance of winning at some point will come up, but it doesn't have to be today with our six-year-old child or seven-year-old child. It can be later on. And it also makes me think of another example of something I read from Norway about the Winter Olympics. So again, I think for kids in those types of sports in Norway, they don't allow them to have results or scoring up until a similar age. It might be like nine or 10 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But then when you looked at the results from the Winter Olympics, they have like based on percentage of population to like gold medals, they're extremely high in the Winter Olympics. Now I know they're yeah. a Nordic country, yeah, but, lots of <laughs> <laughs> but here's a country who didn't track any scoring scores or results for these kids at young ages yet they're able to still compete and still quote unquote win at that time when it's important when they're competitive when they're adults uh, and at that such a such high level and i think as as parents and adults we think geez if they don't start winning now are they ever going to win are they ever going to succeed it and not that that's the most important thing but surely it crosses a lot of adults uh, minds that's for sure so, so a word that crops up there for me then is the culture. So what's the culture around either, say, the child, the sport, the family? Because, again, also I've seen it where children of elite players have sort of experienced this. And so they have a culture of winning and elite sports in the family, in mm-hmm. the, the ethic and the fabric of their life. And mm-hmm. so you often see those sort of children do have a way about themselves that is probably more winning winningness than others. But again, I wonder that's because of the culture. And again, I suppose it's just, I'm just sort of thinking that take for example, us with our work, our culture and the values are very much around play and enjoyment and love. And so therefore winning will happen somewhere down the line. Whereas if I was, I don't know, uh, Dustin Johnson and my, the culture in, in, in my family was winning and the masters and success and it's on the telly and it's everywhere. Then that fabric is going to, you know, drip towards my children. I wonder. Well, I think it will for sure. And it could have positive effects. It yeah. could have negative effects, right? It could have both. I'm also very aware that say, and I'm conscious sometimes that our values of play may may have some negative effects. I don't know mm-hmm. what they could be, and I don't believe that they could, but I'm also aware that, you know, are, are we doing the right thing by all, everybody? Now, probably a, an unattainable task to do the right thing by everybody all of the while, 
but it's a task that we try to do because if we do that then we're going to hit the majority for sure Whereas if, if if we were if one of our values was winning i would worry that we weren't able to hit the majority of people that we came into contact with so if you're a parent or adult listening to this i think you should think about what culture is it that your kid is surrounded with and in currently in the game of golf and what are the values of that culture and does it align with what you want for your children whether that is winning or not and does it align with where they're at at that particular time right developmentally psychologically socially yeah and, and again it, it and it brings it brings that brings loops back right because one of the things i did write down was teaching coaching the whole child so from a social physical emotional cognitive perspective and so what what does winning look like if we were to teach the whole child and it brings you back to what we said earlier it could be just making friends it could be the confidence to talk to another adult or other children it could be lots and lots of different things so the winning doesn't always again have to be around the outcome but if we're looking at the culture of winning so that could be the culture of developing our whole child the conversation starts off with winning and i think we we instantly think winning is around score and outcome and maybe as we you know we might think well actually we could win like i said at the outcome as i said at the outset it could be winning we were always winning because we're alive we're playing the game of golf we're outdoors we're with our family we're getting fresh air we're getting exercise and if we're not winning we're learning and if we're learning we're winning as well. It sounds corny, and it did sound corny when I said it earlier on, but actually it sort of makes a lot of sense, I think. Well, if you think about schools and school systems apart from tests, I remember as a kid they would give out like stars or rewards to certain kids who were the most helpful or shared their toys or whatever, and they got rewarded for those types of behaviors. And then I remember as a kid coming home and I'd be like so happy that I was able to get that reward and it had nothing to do with my skills of knowing math or English or whatever, but it was something outside of that. And then I was more motivated to go back to school to then try harder and you know want to be a good student. And when I was coaching golf in the States, before I went to China, I had this thing called the, um, our, our program was called ACE. So I had the ACE member of the month and the ACE member of the month, every time it was never the kid who had the best results or the best player. It was usually a kid who was either trying hard or was friendly or was caring or just had a great attitude. And then we would amplify that up. And you bring that back to what I talked about earlier about what kids ranked as having fun. Number two is when coach treats a player with respect. So if you reward a kid for winning in a different way and it ha doesn't have to do with results, don't you think that, that kid's going to come back just ecstatic about golf and just think, oh my God, I can't wait to go to golf practice because you know, I'm the guy who, or I'm the kid now who coach thinks is doing a great job and it has nothing to do with score. So something which I've got a very, very limited understanding of would be probably intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. You've rewarded them in, with an extrinsic motivator because we, we use the golden ball. So we have our golden ball that we award and the golden ball is linked to our golden rules and values. Rules of playing safety, playing sensibly, playing fairly, trying hard and so on. So we use an extrinsic motivator, but to, to reward intrinsic values now i'm just thinking about 
if you've got intrinsic and extrinsic, winning would be extrinsic, wouldn't it? My performance in relation to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So again, maybe winning should be more towards the intrinsic stuff that we're in control of rather than, than the extrinsic stuff which we're not control of at the stage that we're talking about so you know i'm talking about again four to eleven just getting started i suppose if they were if the child was you know young adult was 16 17 18 playing at an elite level you know it's different but again it's that having that balance of extrinsic motivators extrinsic rewards as well as intrinsic motivators and intrinsic rewards yeah something that i talked about with richard franklin on episode 15 and that's kind of a lot of the premise of his discover golf yeah so he's got these games and essentially they are playing and they're playing golf right but it's not necessarily about the result of golf it's more about having fun and the result of this extrinsic game that they're playing, his board games. Yeah. And then if the child wants to tie that back to the game of golf, then that is the time where maybe Richard or one of his coaches has a conversation with the player because they're thinking, well, geez, I wasn't able to achieve this activity or I feel like I could do better. Well, that's now coming from the kid and it doesn't, again, it's not directly related to just hit the ball from a to b get it in the least amount of scores and beat everybody else it's it's coming from something else so i like that when you you mentioned this and you're we've been talking about this a lot but again if it's if winning is something that you did today that you couldn't do yesterday right or something completely different so 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 if we break the game down the the game of golf is a to b in as many different ways as you can lowest score wins now if we slightly change that lowest score wins to say you win if it's the lowest score that you could possibly do today. Now, even that, even just that slight change around lowest score wins then puts the emphasis back on the child or the player to say, was that the lowest score that I could do today? Yes. Played as good as I could. Brilliant. No. Okay. These are the things then. Maybe again, another nice little actionable tip at the end is that if winning is the lowest score that you could have possibly made today i quite like that i like that as well no i (laughs) i I totally agree i mean i got a quote here uh and it's a little bit off but similar to what we're talking about and it's from tiger woods and he said winning is not always the barometer of getting better yes i would align with that quote and that's coming from the greatest player of all time in many people's eyes. So if what I would like to be able to do is I'd like to take that quote mm-hmm. and I'd like to put it in front of X number of children and say, what does this mean to you? Mm. And again, find out their views on it. One of the things we've sort of sat here and talked for a while now, and we've, we've given our thoughts and our experiences. Um, and obviously you, you quote um, Amanda Visick's work around fun and the reasons children find fun i think what what i've probably failed to do on numerous occasions although i've watched and i've observed a lot of children playing competing i've never probably asked them enough what winning means to them and i think that's one of the things again one of my actionable tips will be or one of my actions at the end of this will to go away and ask what does winning mean absolutely because because i'm conscious that we we all 
We talk, we think, we reflect, we review, we, we review. Do we often enough ask the children? So, so if, if, if take for example, I might even just start with my two. You know, I'll start when my two come from home from school today. I'll ask them, and then the next child, and the next child, and so maybe yeah, you know, curious. maybe yeah, it'd be really interesting to see what they say. I mean, that's the same with asking what is fun for kids. I know that's a different topic, but it's in line with what some things we talked about. And I've mentioned this to you before in uh, other conversations we've had outside of recording podcast episodes, but there was this uh, soccer or football coach. And basically what he said was that the kids said that they wanted that what was fun was when they did scrimmages and they actually played soccer against each other in practices. But how he structured the practices was always do the skills training first yeah, and then do the scrimmage at the end. Yeah. And he said he did that for 10 years until he finally realized that actually what he needs to do is put the scrimmage at the beginning of the practice, yeah. let them have fun. That's what they all said they enjoyed or most of them said they enjoyed. And then if the kids felt that they needed to improve on certain skills or other areas of the game. Now, those are, I guess, probably more in the golfer or if you can quantify that in soccer or football, but more in the player area. But again, it's just asking those questions. And as adults, I think we just need to ask more questions to the kids. And I'm so guilty of this in my career as a golf coach. And it's something that I'm going to continue to work on and try to be better at. And I think as adults, we've all made this mistake, but it, it's it's clear that it's something that we have to get better at. And, and maybe one of the values, the ethics, the culture that we want to create is that the children feel as though and have a voice and a voice that is valued because because if they if they did then it would be plainly obvious what winning means to them and we wouldn't have to have this discussion and there wouldn't need to be you know such things like parent education mm. around winning and managing winning um mm. a friend of mine you know god bless him i wish i'd come up with this quote i'll quote him ben knight my friend if we're the experts on coaching a need to educate parents. When do we give parents, the experts on their children, an opportunity to educate us? I saw that. But, I, but I'd probably take that further. And, and, you know, if we're educating the children, when do we give the opportunity for the children to educate us? That's something we all have to digest and think about. Now, I probably over the last six to 12 months, I think I've been more, I've been educated more by the children because of the fact we've started with play. I think when we started with, say, for instance, the coaching or the games or the, the other stuff we've done where I've set the, the, the criteria or imposed the, the sort of the learning on them, then maybe I've not seen or learned as much as I've done when observing play. Hmm. So so let, let's take a slightly older child, 14, 15, who is playing and competing. So we said, you know, what do we do? Well, if we're a parent, we might play alongside so if we, if we haven't got the opportunity to play alongside, maybe we just observe them playing and, you know, what, what values are we seeing? What are we seeing them do? What culture have we got? And, you know, the score is just one product of that play. It mm. doesn't have to be necessarily the only byproduct of the play. I'm conscious that I work with or spend time with children and families who are just getting started. But if there are parents and coaches listening who aren't and they're working with players people that are scoring and competing, well, the score and 
where they are in relation to other people is just one one byproduct of their play. And I, and I wonder whether actually there needs to be a whole list of other byproducts of their play. Mm. Oh, I would agree. I mean, I guess if you're already listening to this episode, you are out there searching for more information on how to be a better adult in the game of golf. But I think you could take our conversation so much further. And I think you could go down a positive rabbit hole of just trying to educate yourself even more about this topic of winning and child development. And I think you will come across a lot of similarities of what experts and scientists and doctors say on this topic. And you really have to just, again, go back to your values and what is not, okay, I shouldn't say what is best for your children, but how to best assist and guide your child through the game of golf. Because we go back to this quote from Matt Reagan from Operation 36, and he says, what is it that you really want? What you really want as a parent or as an adult is to be able to play this game with your kids for the rest of your life. And be happy. And be happy. Strip that back. You'll start to find out what your values are. And I guarantee you at this early young age, for the age of 14, winning is not going to come up on the top of that list. Winning by scores and results, right? Winning by outcome. Winning by outcome. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Winning by outcome. So Neil, this conversation has flown by. <laughs> We're coming up on the hour. <laughs> we are. And like I've said before we hit record, our track history is not good when it comes to length of conversations. So we could continue to talk about this through the night if we wanted to. But for the sake of the listeners, I think we have to bring this conversation to a conclusion. And hopefully, and hopefully that it will have will have posed more questions than answers. And I, I suppose, you know, whether there is one person listening or whether there's a thousand people listening, I think what I'd like to know is, you know, what what are people's values, what are people's culture, thoughts, personal opinions, biases around winning? I'd love to know, because I'm willing to be wrong. Um, I'm always willing to be wrong. I'm always testing out what I believe to be true. I feel like I have quite sort of deep-rooted values. And, you know, I have a deep-rooted value around winning, but it was just earlier today, random as this sounds, earlier today I was walking with a friend of mine and, you know, let's just assume we are always winning. There is no losing. We're always winning. Um, and and it, it shed a new light on it, really. It doesn't have to be black and white, win, lose, good, bad. So I'd be I'd be really keen to hear what people's thoughts are from this because otherwise you've just listened and nothing's happened. And remind us again what your conclusion was this morning because I think that's going to be the conclusion we all need for this episode. <laughs> we're always winning. So if we know that we're always winning and if we're not winning, we're learning. So there's no winning and losing. If we're not winning, we're learning. And if we are learning, we are winning. So we're always winning. That was the conclusion that I come to. That sounds like a, a ramble. And people need to probably unpick that for themselves. But when I when I said it, I'm like, oh, that's something I need to write that down there. I need to write that down. I need to test it and tweet it and see whether what see where it lands for people. No, I love that. I think, like you said, I would love to get feedback from all the listeners from this as well and what their opinions are about this topic and maybe things that they've done and action that they've taken or even questions or concerns that they have, because I think it's all important. And like you said, 
we're still trying to figure this out ourselves. We don't have all the answers. We just have our opinions based on the experiences that we've been through and gone through for you and I as coaches and as parents. So it'd be great to hear what other people have to say and what other people think. And I think if anybody has any questions, please feel free to message myself or I'm sure Neil, you'd be happy to answer any questions as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I, I'm, yes, I, I'm the, the questions and the, the connecting with like minds is I think what drives our own thinking and the conversation forwards. You know, you and I have done a lot of it and, you know, out of one podcast previously, we then, I mean, I don't know how many different subjects we came up with winning was one of them. And, you know, we've gone, we've, we've gone in quite a lot of different directions today, um, which has definitely helped me. It's definitely helped me. No, it's been great. Yeah. So I enjoyed this discussion topic and discussion episode and you and I will have more of these. And I know that the listeners will appreciate having you come on even more and sharing your knowledge and experience and helping us all kind of reflect and question our thoughts and our values. And I think it'll help all of us become better adults and be able to help our kids through the game of golf. So thank you, Neil. Awesome. Thank you, Travis. Well, well organized and well hosted as ever. Another fantastic episode with Neil Plummer there on the discussion topic of winning. So I think the actionable things and actionable tips that I think we can all take away is number one is that we all need to reflect on what our values are and what our values are around winning. And then I would also say something Neil mentioned was that we should just ask our children more questions and ask them what their opinion is and what their feelings are on winning. You might get a better understanding of what your kids actually want out of the sport that they're playing. And then think about what winning means to you just beyond scores and beyond results. I think when we constantly reflect on that and what we actually really want for our children, I think we'll start to find out more about what it is we really want to do or what we want our kids to do. And I think that we actually might find that we will enjoy the sports a lot more And if we can see those small wins and enjoy the process along the journey in the game of golf, I think we'll all be a lot happier and continue to play this game for the rest of our lives. Hope you enjoyed that. Let us know the feedback that you have on winning, and we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you very much. If you enjoy listening to our podcast and the information you got from this episode, do us a favor and continue to support us by hitting that subscribe button and giving us a five-star review. Your continued support will help us continue to grow and be able to interview some of the most experienced parents, coaches, and players in the golf industry to help you continue to raise your golfer to their full potential.